Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Today we begin a brand new series called True-ish. True-ish, in the light of blackish and mixed-ish and grown-ish and all those TV shows. We're doing a theme called True-ish. Right now, it's, uh, I'll tell you more of the story in a minute, but it's really important that we grab a hold of not just things that we suppose to be true, not just things, you know, people, you know, when I was growing up, people thought if it's in the newspaper, it must be true. Well, now, if you think that uh, something's true because it's on the internet, you, you got nothing coming. It's not even true. A lot of it is more-ish than true. But anyway, that's another story. Um, let's get right into the Word of God as we look at it. Second, King, Second Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to begin with in Romans chapter 12. Second Kings chapter 10, verse 4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. strongholds. We'll talk about that in a moment. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I love the way the Passion Translation brings it says this, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Very powerful. Uh, I want you to know right there that the original, I'm going to drill down into a little bit, but the word stronghold is filled with meaning. The word stronghold in the original Greek literally means this, a prison or castle of lies. Prison or castle of lies. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's not three wills of God. It's just when you start to connect with God, you find that good will of God. As you go stronger in God, you find that acceptable. You're putting a smile on God's face and finally you find that perfect will of God where your life is conformed to the image of Jesus and you're becoming who you're supposed to be. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart Help us to accept, to pursue, and to be strengthened in the truth of your word as the anchor of our soul in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. We're talking about true-ish. Our subtitle is transforming your mind by pursuing what's real. Transforming your mind by pursuing what's real. A few weeks ago, there was a story on the news that was unfolding in real time and the very next day, an article on one news website totally twisted, totally twisted the story of what happened. They made it sound correct, and it was filled with a couple of facts, but it didn't have the truth. The, 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 the truth was somewhere on the other side of it, and I, I thought, well, that's only true-ish. 
And I thought it's not true anymore. And, and here you can't trust these things. Did you know the Bible says there will be days on earth when naive people, even people trusting God, will actually become deceived in their own minds. We learned many years ago that deception is simply truth stuffed with a lie. Like Snow White's apple from the witch. It looks juicy and red on the outside, but it's injected with a hidden poison and you don't realize it until it's too late. There are some things in this world that sound, sound good or look too good to be true. And I'll just tell you from a lot of years of experience, if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't if it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. We had people years ago that uh, were gonna make money in gold mines in South America. Guess where their money went? We don't know. It didn't, go, it didn't, it didn't come back to them. We had all these people, all these years, people that come, oh, I heard this great idea, and if I, if I invest $1, I'm gonna get back $1,000. Really? Really? That's the, way, that's the way you think it works? That's not the way it works, friends. That's not, uh, that's not the thing that, that's gonna give, build you abundance or wealth or blessing. Your life is being shaped by your most dominant thoughts. That's what we're gonna talk about this month. You say it again. Your life right now, Whatever is dominating your mind is, is, is controlling your life. Your life is headed in the direction of what you're thinking about the most, what you put in front of you. Why do you think God said, there should be no other gods before me, you shall not bow down to a graven image. Why? Because anything, any image that you're looking at and feeding on, I don't mean glance, I mean the second look, the third look, it, it, any, any, any image, any words, any things that you're dwelling on, you're building your life on, and your life is moving in that direction whether you realize it or not. And so a lot of times people, they, they, they think they fell into a problem. They fell into a situation. You don't fall in. You begin to obsess deep in your heart where nobody else sees, and you can tell everybody everything's fine, but if you're obsessing over fear, fear's got you. If you're obsessing over failure, failure's gripping you. If you're obsessing over pornography, you're headed in a direction and you're not gonna be able to control yourself eventually because you're feeding it into your mind. Why do you think it's so dangerous? Because it puts the, it engraves images inside of your soul and builds you a prison of lies. Your thoughts control your direction. Sometimes lies seem more comfortable. We internally spin things. We create our own spin room. We internally spin things, create false narratives. And usually the false narratives have to do with anti-you thoughts or insecure thoughts or things that are trying to tear you down. Before you even walk into a room, you feel rejection. Before you even communicate with another person, you feel unworthy. We create excuses and justifications for our sin instead of bringing it to God. And the moment you ask Jesus into your heart and really meant it, your human spirit, the real you, came on, came alive. The light bulb switched on. You were dead in your sin, the Bible says. You and I were born as sinners because we were under the covering of Adam and Eve and even that original sin 
had to deal with thoughts. It began with thoughts. God said, there are two trees in the garden. There's thousands of trees. Now, all these trees are gonna take care of, but there are two trees I wanna point out to you. One is the tree of life. And the other is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that's the one you can't touch. That's the one I don't want you to touch. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't want my kids messing with that. But what happened? Now think about this. In paradise, they could have eaten. He didn't say don't eat of the tree of life. But they didn't. They didn't even go for it. They didn't even, they didn't even go toward the tree of life. They're, they're there. They're having a rough day. They, they've kind of maybe had a little bit of a, of a spat. Even in uh, paradise, there was maybe a little bit of friction between Adam and Eve, husband and wife, because for whatever reason, she's by herself, uncovered. She's by herself, and the serpent comes and says what? Hey, why don't she eat that tree over there? Has God really said you can't eat of it? Well, she said, yeah, well, I think he said it. What do you mean you think he said it? He said it. He made it clear. There was the one thing you couldn't, and, and yet the arguments began to come. The Bible says she began to see that it was uh, desirable. It looked good. And it, des- it was desirable to make one wise. That, in fact, the serpent said, you want to get close to God? Eat of that tree and you'll be like God. Eat of that tree and you'll, get all, you'll know everything he knows and you'll be like God and you'll have a shortcut to everything God has promised you. And then she says, hey, Adam, I was thinking about this. I had a conversation Questions and conversations give place to thoughts. And thoughts get planted in you. Listen, every one of us, were, we were told something about ourselves at school or at home or somewhere as children and it got inside of us. Somebody told you your ears were too big. Your nose was too big. You, 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 you had too... Uh, too, you know, too straight a hair, too curly a hair, too black a skin, too white a skin, too, too whatever. You, you, you're too, too, too. You're too skinny, you're too fat. Nobody ever said, man, you're just right, just the way you are. No eight-year-old kid ever said to another eight-year-old kid, you know, you're fantastic. <laughs> you know, you really are just God's gift, right? We've all had these things, and here's the problem. If you dwelt on them, you begin to believe them in your heart. And you begin to speak them out of your mouth. That's called faith. You now put faith in reverse and use up all your faith against yourself instead of trusting in God. We're going to talk about it this month. Because these kinds of thoughts can affect everything else and will affect everything else in your life. The moment you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you came alive. Hopefully you got excited for changes, but a couple days later, 
you have the very same mindset that you did when you prayed to receive Jesus. Here's, here's the deal. This is the truth, folks. The moment you prayed to receive Jesus, your mind didn't change. Your spirit changed. The inner you lit up. But your mind did not change. Your mind only changes as you renew it and see it transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. And we'll talk about some of the ways we transform our minds this month. But be real about it. You may have been saved for 15 years and not have grown internally one bit. Instead of, instead of growing for 15 years, you have lived out your life, your faith life, you've lived a year at a time for 15 years. Instead of 15 years of growth and relationship and pressing into God. We have people in this church that, are, that have been saved less than a year that are shooting past some of you that have been saved for 10 or 20 years. I love that song that Abby was singing earlier with the team, Hunger. Because the hunger is the issue. And the problem is when, you, when you're in the wrong, when you're trapped in the wrong thoughts, when you're trapped in the wrong place, when you get imprisoned in the lies and they form strongholds, Your mind, your will, your emotions, your imaginations will continue to struggle. Someone once said, you'll get to heaven, but you probably won't enjoy the trip. And your mindset only changes to match your recreated spirit as you renew it and transform it. That's what we're going to focus on. You may be asking, why am I still struggling, Pastor? I've, I've, I've been a Christian a long time. Why am I still struggling? in a certain area maybe where, where God says you have victory, but you haven't experienced it yet. It's because the mind is a battlefield that you're wasting. Listen, spiritual warfare. In spiritual warfare, we pray. This Wednesday night is corporate prayer, our church-wide prayer. We get together and we pull down some external strongholds. But let me tell you this. You're never gonna be as effective at pulling down the external stronghold until you learn how to pull down the internal stronghold until you learn how through the word of God to break free from the prison or castle of lies. It starts with the internal part of you, your thought life. In the text, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare aren't natural. It's not guns and knives, but they're mighty, supernaturally powerful in God to dismantle every prison or castle of lies. That's the good news. We've been given spiritual weapons by the power of God in the Holy Spirit. And we've been given those weapons to pull down and break free from that prison or that castle of lies that's been built up in your soul. You ever had somebody say to you, you know, you're, you're your own worst enemy. Yeah, you're your own worst enemy. That's easy for me to say. You're your own worst enemy. You just keep, you keep self-sabotaging. You get, you get right up there. You, you find a relationship and, and it starts to go well and you find somebody that's, that's, that's with you in Christ and start to grow and then bam, self-sabotage. What is that? It's a stronghold. Where does it come from? Right here. 
mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination. God didn't intend for you to struggle forever. You've got to quit believing the lies of the enemy. Whether you realize it or not, your mind eats and drinks words, sounds, atmospheres. In fact, you're eating right now. Your mind and your spirit are eating right now. Hopefully you're soaking up filet mignon and mashed potatoes in the spirit right now. Okay? Your mind eats, your mind drinks, your mind feeds on thoughts, on words, on actions. In fact, the Bible says we are washed by the water of the word. We're washed by the water of the word. Your spirit is instantly and completely cleansed by the blood of Jesus, but the soul, your mind, I'll say it again, your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, the way you think, your mindset, needs a daily bath or shower just like your body does. Zig Ziglar used to call it stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. You, you allow these toxic thoughts to get inside and you start to obsess over them. You start to, you, and it's and you start nagging yourself with wrong thoughts. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. They're not guns and knives. They're mighty in God to dismantle and pull down, cast down every prison or castle of lies. The word of God has to be elevated to get up a cross or like in Jericho to pull those walls down by your praise, by your obedience, by being silent when you need to be silent and by shouting when you need to shout. Every time you study the Bible, listen for the voice of God or hear the preaching of the word of God and you receive it, you receive revelation. What's revelation? Revelation is when something gets from here to here, lights up and you go, ah, oh, aha, I got it, I see it. That's God dropping something in that's actually renewing you and making your soul conform to your spirit. Making your spirit man larger and stronger and setting you free. Every time you get that aha word, your faith grows. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, not having heard, not having heard, hear me, not having heard, but by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the preached word, the proclaimed word, the truth of the word, reading the word until it comes into your mind and you get those scrubbing bubbles like that old commercial. Scrubbing bubbles start to come into your mind. You start to clean out all that old junk. And not only is it possible, it's real. It's important that you grab a hold of the word that way and go on offense instead of living on defense, waiting for problems to happen. One of the main jobs of the enemy of your soul is to limit your growth in God by keeping you imprisoned and chained in the lies of the past. And so he uses distractions. You ever notice every time you start to really lean into God, something distracting tries to rise up? 
Maybe, you know, when we first were learning to pray, my wife and I got filled with the Holy Spirit in 1986. We were nice Presbyterians and we got, we experienced the Holy Spirit in the privacy of our own home. And we were like, wow, God's power is real. This is awesome. This is so strong. This is real. And, and, and right away, I mean, all these distractions started rising up to pull us off. We, we started praying together. And can I tell you something? Husbands and wives, if you would pray together, Every day for five minutes, five minutes, you'll begin to pull down some strongholds in your marriage. You say, well, well, you don't understand my schedule. I know you got five minutes, but I know what the resistance is. See, it's in her, it's in you, and it's in your children, and it's in the room. Every time, so when my wife and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, we just started to set out to pray together every night. And we do it after we put the kids to bed. The kids started going to bed later. You know, phone calls out of the clear blue sky, just distractions, doorbells ringing. If the enemy of your soul can keep you, and when I say prayer, I'm not talking about formal stuff, I'm saying, Get together, join your hands, talk to God, five minutes. Here's your, here's your homework assignment. You say, Pastor, I didn't know I'd get homework coming to church. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> five minutes. Can I say this? Men, husbands, initiate it. Don't wait for your wife to remind you. Be a man. The Bible says you're the priest of your home. Be a man. Thank you for that overwhelming response from all the ladies. <laughs> men, rise up and pray in your home five minutes out loud with your wife. Join hands with nothing else on and going on. I don't mean clothes. I mean TV. I mean, you'll never get to praying if you do that. With nothing else on, no radio, no TV, no noise, please. You can make babies later, okay? Pray first. Pray first. Then babies, okay? See, the weapons of warfare are not carnal. Mighty in God. Okay? Five minutes. I didn't have this in my notes. This is in my spirit. Five minutes. Not married yet? That's not an excuse. Pray anyway together. If you're a couple, pray together. How? What we did was when we were learning this 35 years ago was that we, we, we got down by our bed on our knees. That was when we were young and it didn't hurt our knees. Just <laughs> being honest. But it doesn't have to be on your knees. You sit on the couch. The main thing is you focus your heart and settle in. I'll tell you right now what's gonna happen. First of all, all hell is gonna break loose. You say, well, that's good news. No, I don't mean, I don't mean just against you. I just mean distractions and crazy stuff. And here's the thing, guard yourself from little arguments. Because the Bible says that if a man goes to pray and he is at odds with his wife, his prayers are hindered. And believe me, your wife will remind you of that. Well, some wives will. Anyway, 
Understand that the Bible says you need to pray. So pray together. Take authority together. Can I tell you what's going to happen after you actually start to do it two or three days in a row? You're going to start to see some things. You're, going to, you, you don't, you're not going to need counseling as bad as you needed it. Okay? You're not, it's not going to be counseling that's going to help you. Business is going to start rising up. Financial blessing. Abundance. Peace in the home. Children coming into alignment. Hey, you want to get crazy? Pray with your kids then for another five minutes. Not just now I lay me down to sleep prayers. Like pray. Talk to God. Pour. The, David, the psalmist said, pour out your heart before him. I've had this word in my spirit. I, I was gonna, I'm going to teach you in Bible school tonight, but th- I'm going to say it now. The Bible says, the psalmist writes, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. What is magnify? Magnify. What do you do if you take a magnifying glass? You make it bigger. The Bible says, magnify the Lord with me. Make him bigger in your eyes. He can't get any bigger. He's God. But you can make him bigger in your eyes. Make him bigger in your eyes. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Guess what happens when you magnify the Lord? He can move. He can move. He can bring change. He can help you. He can move in your life. You, my friends, are the gatekeeper over your own thoughts. Well, you don't know what happened to me when I was a kid. Listen, I can't control what happened to you when you were a kid. You can't either. But you can start right now and you can bring that garbage to God. Quit making what happened to you as, in your life as an excuse because you know what? Bad stuff has happened to everybody in here. Might not be as bad as you went through. God knows what you've been through. But everybody in this room and everybody connected on our online campus has been through something. And if you let it become an excuse, you're just going to keep circling until you circle the drain and your life goes down the tubes. Prayer, grabbing a hold of your thought life. You're the gatekeeper. Everybody say, I'm the gatekeeper. gatekeeper. That's what the Bible says when it says, whatever things you bind on earth and bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth, loose in heaven. It's not just about external things, it's about internal things. Whatever you permit is permitted. Whatever you refuse to permit, is God will refuse to permit it. Where two shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask. It shall be done by my Father which is in heaven. The prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. Every day, every day, every day. God has given you the power to choose freedom over fear. Because fear is a crippler. You're going to see some people get set free from fear this month. You hear me? People are going to get free of fear this month. Because perfect love, the, the anointing of God, the agape of God... Cast out fear. Can I tell you the worst global pandemic right now is fear, not coronavirus? The worst pandemic right now hitting the whole, hitting the whole world is the fear of coronavirus. It's like this thing we're all seeing on the news. And, they, and of course, they want to say it on the news everything, every day, every time, lead off story. And another 30,000 people, coronavirus. Can I just tell you, We've lived through SARS, bird flu, swine flu. Zika was going to get all of our babies two years, three years ago. 
Zika was going to get all the, oh, it's coming to Florida. Remember that? Mosquitoes. Oh, it's going to bring, oh, don't go to South America. Where did God call us? We, we started going to South America, right in the middle of Zika. Why? Because God said, that's where I'm going to open the door for you. You know, I, might, I, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Not saying that it's not bad. I'm just saying the fear of it is worse. I'm going to Poland tomorrow, not going to Italy. It's interesting. My wife and I were supposed to be going to Italy this month. We postponed it till next year. We're supposed to be going later this month as our 40th wedding anniversary. And we're going to go away, but we're just going to go for a couple of days now. We're going to go, we're going to, go to Italy. And my wife said, you know, I just have a check about it. Let's wait. Let's not do Italy. Now, coronavirus is in Italy. You know how, how silly the public is? Corona beer has gone down, it's, it's, not, it's not been selling around the world because people are afraid coronavirus is in the beer. <laughs> Give me a break. That's, I, I heard it on the news. There's sales that drop because they're afraid it's in the beer. My friends, let's focus on the healer. Let's break the spirit of fear. Now, if you've been here in length of time, you already know this, but if you're newer, did you know the Bible never actually says the truth will set you free? It's not in the Bible. It doesn't say the truth will set you free. Jesus makes a statement, and he's actually talking about discipleship. What is discipleship? Growing in God, being a student of Jesus. Growing, renewing your mind. Feeding yourself, being transformed from the person you used to be to the person God wants you to be. Becoming the best version of yourself. That's what the word says. That's the context. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. So he's talking to believers. Okay, so let's just, let's just stop there for one second. Keep it up there. Jesus is talking to believers, not to the whole world. Believers. Everybody say believers. believers. See that? He's talking to the Jews who believed him. And he said what? If you abide, what does abide mean? To dwell, to obsess, to focus, to put your energy in, to, to, to engage. If you abide in my word, the Bible, you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth. The word there means understand and apply to your life. Understand and apply to your life. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth you know, the truth you, you, you understand and apply into your life is the truth that will set you free. Say amen. amen. I thought the truth would set me free. And when we, when we got married 40 years ago, my parents gave us a big family Bible with all you know, with inscribed and here's for your wedding. And, this, and so we sat on the coffee table as a big family Bible, as a nice decoration of a, of a Christian home. And I didn't read it because I thought the truth would set me free. Right there on the coffee table, I'm a Christian until I realized a few months into our marriage, I wasn't a Christian. I was just a religious person that went to a Christian church all my life, but I didn't know Jesus in here. 
I didn't know him for myself. I knew about him. I hadn't experienced him, hadn't accepted him, hadn't invited him in. And at 19, I cried out to God. And I said, I realize I don't know you. I just know nice Sunday school lessons about stuff that happened in the Bible. And I didn't even really know much about those stories except the way it was told to kids in Sunday school. Understand and applying the truth is the key to freedom. The key to the prison of lies. The key to the prison of lies is in your understanding the truth and acting upon it by faith. Can't make it any simpler than that. Then what do you do? You use the key to unlock the cell and you come out of the prison of lies. You break out of the castle of lies with the key. Most of you know this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I'm gonna close with this. Pastor Lindsay, go on and come on up and help me. You can come this way. Just jump on up. We're changing the stage in a couple of weeks. Pastor Lindsay's gonna be on this side where he can just jump up and not have to run across all that stuff. Uh, heard an analogy recently and it really did something in my heart. I want you to just open your heart for a moment. You ever seen a hummingbird? Just see, just put that picture up for me of the hummingbird, will you? Look at that. Hummingbirds are amazing. Isn't God cool the way he made all the different animals and the colors and what they do? God created hummingbirds to look for sweet nectar all day long. That's all they do, look for the sweet, the nectar of life all day long, every day. And they always find it. There's another bird with a completely different mindset. Show the next picture if you would. Ugly birds, vultures. Vultures were created by God constantly to search high and low looking for dead things. Do you know hummingbirds and vultures each get exactly what they're looking for in life? Hummingbirds look for the sweet, always find it. Vultures look for the dead, always find it. Which one are you? What are you looking for? The Bible says, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, just, praiseworthy, lovely, of good report, virtuous, think on these things. What's the first one? Whatsoever things are true. We better know the truth. It's time to break free from the, from the prison of lies that you believe. Some of you have believed junk about yourself, junk about your parents, your family. Some of you just held on insecurities because somebody told you some dumb thing when you were eight years old. Maybe you've been through tragedy. 
I don't want to downplay that. Because God knows what you've been through if you're molested or abused or beaten. But the fact is, there is no prison that God can't open the doors to. There's no castle that our God cannot scale and open up. What are you looking for? It's time to capture every stray thought like a prisoner of war and insist that it bows in obedience to Jesus, the anointed one. It's not enough to believe in good things. We have to believe truth. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to set people free in this room today and those connecting with us on our online campus around the world. We speak life over you today. We break down these walls and these prison cells inside of you. The lies that you've held on to. The evil that's tried to grip you. The bondage to your past. We declare freedom today and this whole month. You said, Father, it's the truth we understand and apply. The truth we know we become intimately familiar with. We are set free. Jesus, you said you came to set captives free, to open prison doors to those that are bound. Lord, would you help people to find prayer partners this month? Would you help married couples to pray together? Would you help parents and children to pray together, to begin to build a new habit of bringing their needs and their concerns, their fears, hopes, and wishes to you, God. Set captives free with the truth. Let us be hummingbirds and not vultures as your people. In Jesus' name. Just keep your head bowed just for a moment. Maybe you're here today and your heart has been so cold and your mind is so stuck and so stubborn. Can I tell you, your heart was made to praise God. Your heart was made to rejoice. Your heart was made to celebrate the presence of God and the power of his word. Your heart wasn't created to be cold and frozen and stuck. Holy Spirit, would you set people free? Maybe you're here today. If you don't know Jesus, today's your day. If you don't know Jesus, and I mean, you could be in church all your life and still not know him. Today's the day to invite him in because God will never force his way into anybody's life. He's given you free choice, free will. If you're here today, really feel this. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus, this is your moment right now. 
Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Invite him in. If you don't know him or you've been cold in your heart, life hit, and maybe you prayed to receive Jesus as a kid, I invite you right now to lift up your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. All over this place and everywhere you are connecting with us on my online campus right now, lift up your hand right now and just let me know. Yes, ma'am, God bless you. So someone else, someone else. I'm telling you, God bless you, sir. Someone else, just listen, this is the moment where it gets in your, in your, from your head to your heart and then your heart begins to renew your head dwelling on the truth. Everybody in this room, pray this out loud, including those couple of people that raised your hand. Just say this out loud. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin uh, and help me to break free from the prison of lies. I accept you into my heart and I ask you to help me to grow. Transform me into who you want me to be by renewing my mind in the truth of your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you meant that prayer right now, then I'm believing God with you. This, was a, this is your day for a shift, for a change, a new trajectory. Now, what's gonna happen is gonna be based on what you do next, to trust God and walk this out. So why we have next steps. Listen, Pastor Chris said earlier, if you prayed with me right then, this is a great time for you to stay after, stay for second service. Next Steps goes on during the message. You don't have to hear this twice, but you can stay for praise and worship and go to Next Steps right away. It's all about knowing God today for real and what it means to get out of your head and into your heart. Amen? Amen. You glad you came to church today? Amen. Praise God. Let's give him a hand clap. Let's praise our God today. Thank you, Father. We celebrate you. Celebrate your word. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.